This is KJZZ's Sun Up. It is your daily news update from here in Phoenix on our state and region. Hi again, I'm Phil Latzman. This podcast is a daily digest of the day's events here in Arizona on this February the 2nd. It is Groundhog's Day, and uh, you might remember this little Bill Murray cult favorite movie. This is one time where television really fails to capture the true excitement of a large squirrel predicting the weather. I, for one, am very grateful to have been here. From Punxsutawney, this is Phil Connors. So long. And whether you see your shadow or not, it is time for the news. A group of nine GOP-led states is asking a federal judge in Texas to shut down DACA, the Obama-era program gives some undocumented people brought to the U.S. as kids protection from deportation and a work permit. From the Frontier's desk in Tucson, Elisa Resnick reports this is only the latest legal wrangle over the program. Those same nine states previously argued DACA was enacted illegally under former President Obama. An appeals court agreed with them last year, but sent the case back to a lower court in Texas to consider a new set of DACA rules laid out by the Biden administration. New DACA applicants are still blocked while the Texas court considers those new rules. But people who already have DACA have been allowed to renew their status. As CBS News reports, now the GOP-led states are calling for the entire DACA program to shut down within two years. A decision is expected this spring. Elise Resnick, KJZZ News, Tucson. Phoenix will soon begin the process of redrawing city council districts. As Christina Estes reports from the Downtown Bureau, some council members want to see more districts. Phoenix's council is made up of the mayor and eight members. The city's closest in population are San Antonio with a mayor and 10 members and Philadelphia with 17 members. During Wednesday's council meeting, several members suggested Phoenix consider adding seats, including Vice Mayor Yasmin Ansari. I hope that we can look towards other models as well as we go through this process to make sure that we're really giving um, sufficient representation to our constituents and giving council members the tools to be able to run our offices smoothly. Each Phoenix member represents about 200,000 residents. Increasing the council's size requires voter approval. A redistricting consultant will analyze data and gather public input before presenting recommendations for the council's approval later this year. Christina Estes, KJZZ News, Phoenix. The Federal Bureau of Reclamation has asked all seven Colorado River Basin states to figure out how they can use less water amid dwindling levels. California has offered its own plan, coming after Arizona and five other states put forward competing proposal together. John Fleck is a water policy researcher at the University of New Mexico, and he told KJZZ's The Show, the question has always been, who bears the brunt of shortages? Up till now, we've avoided the fight by just letting people take water out of Lake Mead, and that fight is now coming to a head. And what's at risk is either much deeper cuts on the California side or much deeper cuts on the Arizona side. Flex says the federal government wants the states to keep negotiating before making a final decision this summer. The wet winter is unlikely to recharge the state's largest reservoirs, but it is good news for water storage on the Verde River. Ron Dungan has more on that. The Verde snowpack is higher than it has been in more than a decade, and the second highest in 30 years. That's the watershed that fills Bartlett and Horseshoe Lakes, which have been hit hard at times in the last couple of decades. Bos Voma is a meteorologist with SRP. He says in high elevations, the ground is completely covered in snow. That hasn't always been the case during the drought. The reason 
why that's important is because even if we don't get another storm, another flake or a drop, the Verde River Reservoir system will fill up in its entirety just based on how much snow is up there already. He says the Salt River watershed has above-average snowpack as well. Ron Dungan, KJZZ News, Phoenix. The sale of the Phoenix Suns and Mercury is expected to close in the next few days, meaning mortgage executive Matt Ishbia will soon own both teams. In December, he agreed to buy them for $4 billion. Sports360AZ.com's Brad Sesmat says Ishbia stands out from other team owners in part because he actually played college hoops. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They just want to brag at parties, their wine party. Look, I own a team in my portfolio. They're not in it to win it. I have to believe that where he's been, he's in it to win it. Says Matt added that although the deal looks to have come together quickly, he believes the NBA has been watching Ishbia for a while. The executive director of the Maricopa Association of Governments, Eric Anderson, announced his retirement Wednesday after four decades with the agency. Kirsten Dorman has more. Anderson says he will leave his post July 1st. The announcement comes after he spent 40 years in the position. He focused on regional and urban growth as well as economic development. And most recently, Anderson oversaw the development of a 25-year transportation investment plan. In a statement, officials said he plans to work with the organization's agencies to ensure a smooth transition. Kirsten Dorman, KJZZ News, Phoenix. Police in Apache Junction are looking into the death of a three-year-old who ingested fentanyl. It is the latest tragedy in Arizona, where five people a day die from opioid overdoses. From the Arizona Science Desk, Nicholas Gerbis reports on the changing opioid epidemic. The opioid crisis has mutated from medication misuse to deadly mass poisonings as people unwittingly ingest other drugs laced with fentanyl. The burden, too, has shifted from rural whites to minority groups, especially blacks. Through it all, Native Americans have ranked among those hardest hit. Sari Horwitz led the Washington Post's investigative opioid files series. Across the country from 2006 to 2014, Native Americans were nearly 50 percent more likely to die of an opioid overdose than non-Natives. In lawsuits, tribal leaders blame drug companies for targeting their communities. Meanwhile, Scott Higgum, another Post reporter, says fentanyl is cheap to make, immensely profitable and easy to smuggle. But he adds it has little to do with immigration. Very little fentanyl is being carried by people. It's mostly being stuffed into cars and into trucks by drug trafficking organizations, the cartels, and by their smugglers, and just driving it right through the ports of entry. The drug naloxone can save people during overdose, but research shows only 15% of U.S. counties have community-based distribution programs, and fewer than 50% have treatment centers that provide the medication. Nicholas Gerbis, KJZZ News, Phoenix. Arizona's new superintendent of public instruction, Tom Horn, campaigned against the instruction of critical race theory in schools. Now in office, Horn is throwing his support behind a bill that would keep teachers from talking about race in certain ways. From the Education Desk, Bridget Dowd has details. House Bill 2458 would prohibit a school district or charter school from teaching courses that advocate ethnic solidarity instead of treating people as individuals. It's similar to another law Horn supported more than a decade ago, which was later declared unconstitutional. On Tuesday, Horn testified in favor of this new bill before the House Education Committee. We need to teach our students to treat each other as individuals and not pay attention to race or sexual orientation or anything else that has to do with their birth. Critical race theory 
teaches the opposite. If a teacher is found to be in violation of HB 2458, they could face a fine of up to $5,000. Democrats like Representative Nancy Gutierrez said they were concerned the threat of fines would hinder Arizona's ability to recruit new teachers. Passing this bill will endanger quality teaching where all students feel seen and heard. We are a country that is so rich in culture, race, and ethnicity. As a teacher, I have learned from my students that their race and ethnicity absolutely matters to them. Republicans advanced the bill on a party-line vote. Bridget Dowd, KJZZ News, Phoenix. A green three-tailed comet is passing by Earth for the first time in 50,000 years. It'll be closest late tonight and should be visible with binoculars or a smartphone camera even. Adam Block is an astrophotographer and researcher at the Stewart Observatory at the University of Arizona. This one will be hard to see with your unaided eyes unless you go to a very dark site and you put some effort into being able to see it. Block told KJZZ's The Show those who want to see the rare comet should look to the northern skies. In sports basketball, the Suns blown out at home last night by the Atlanta Hawks, 132-100. to Phoenix never led in the game. They were down by as much as 43 and suffered their worst loss of the season. Mikkel Bridges at 23 in a losing cause. Suns made just 4 of 28 from three-point land. Only their second loss in eight games as they await the return of Devin Booker, possibly next week from a groin injury. And the Coyotes in hockey still off, and they'll be off till next Monday night uh, while the NHL is in the all-star break and that does it for this edition of kjzz's sun up arizona's morning news podcast on this thursday february the 2nd i'm phil latzman and if you celebrate hey happy groundhogs day we'll do this again tomorrow